Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, joined, as always, by my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we are very excited for another week of baseball talk. We were MIA last week, a very busy time of the year for both of us, so had a little trouble finding a time last week, but we had to get an episode in this week, so we are recording on Monday night, so we're, we're not even going to bother with you know talking about standings or records or anything like that, because by the time you guys hear this on Wednesday, those won't matter anymore, but we're, we're just going to talk about what's happened so far in this 2021 MLB season as we are just over a month into the season. We are starting to see what teams are really going to look like this year, starting to see which players are really going to have good seasons as we have somewhat of a sample size. Of course, last year in 2020, the shortened season, this was already halfway through the season, but we still have a long way to go in the 2021 season, but we are starting to see which teams and which players are going to have good years and a very, very exciting season is beginning to shape up. Trey, with all that said, how are you doing today? How has the first month of the season been for you? Up and down from a fan point of view, but uh, exciting. I think, uh, I mean, <laughs> can we already say that Padres Dodgers has lived up to the hype? I mean, one of the series those have been in those games, you know, surprise teams, you know, the Giants are winning, leading the NOS as we speak, uh, which is interesting. A lot of surprise teams, you know, the Royals having, you know, one of the best records in baseball. And uh, I feel like it feels like my Yankees are starting to get back on track. Same with the Braves. Both teams went off to, uh, let's just say, not the best starts. And uh, it seems those teams are getting back on track. Yankees getting a big sweep over the Dodgers this past weekend. So that has to feel positive as we head in. And, um, man, it felt good to see Aaron Judge start hitting some home runs again. And he's, he's doing that. So uh, going to be a, a fun time as the season winds down. A couple of surprise teams, uh, as I mentioned, Kansas City, 16 and 10 on the year. San Francisco uh, is pretty good. How about uh, Milwaukee kind of surprising us? I, I know we're not talking about records, but as they sit right now, you know, the Brewers looking really good. Um, so it's it's going to shape out to be an interesting season. Uh, the NL East right now is a crapshoot. Um as a 500 team is in first. So it, it should be fun. And uh, I'm just glad to be talking baseball with you as I, I rant on for a little bit here. Also, Mike Trout's still yeah, really good at baseball. Been... I just want to remind folks yeah. that. Like, he's I mean, still the best. In case like, anyone he, forgot. He's, and then, like, whatever Shohei Itani is. Actually, I I, I know we uh, I'm about to spring this on you, but I heard um, around the horde on ESPN talked about this, and Tony Reale proposed the idea of, Using Shohei Atani, and this is how we'll, I guess we'll start the podcast today. Shohei Atani as the Angels' closer, so you basically play him in the out, you play Ooh. him in the outfield, or you put him at DH, and then he comes in as your closer, so that you know he can basically you know play. He'll play every day, and it might be less taxing on his arm. Like he he would just have to use his arm for you know forty pitches or so. Then that's stretching it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I kind of like that idea because, you know, the Angels have had a little bit of trouble with Otani trying to get him going, getting him 
uh, getting him in there every day is the DH, and then every five days is a starting pitcher. They've had a little bit of trouble. Uh, I mean, he was on Monday night. He was he was scheduled to pitch, and they, he got scratched from the start on Monday. Of course, he did get hit by a pitch in his elbow in Sunday's game. So a little bit of a uh, you know a legitimate reason there. But they have had issues in the past with him staying on track with his pitching. He's been consistent in the in the batter's box as a hitter, but they have had some issues with him staying on track on the mound getting all his starts in so if they could bring him in as a reliever have him just pitch an inning or two each night I could see that working out for them I don't know if they'll go for it I think that their plan is to have him be a starting pitcher and that's what they want him to do but that's definitely a thought and it would be very interesting to see if they would consider that because I think you're right I think it would be less taxing on his arm and he would be able to make more pitching appearances if he were to move into a reliever role so it's something to uh, be interesting about is the Angels are and, – and speaking of how good – how interesting the Angels are, I think they're a very interesting case of why Mike Trout is so good and the winning – you need a full team to win games. They are a 500 baseball team as they sit. And in Vegas, they have the two top people for the MVP. They have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they are a 500 team. That – just shows uh, obviously you know the goat Mike Trout is the favorite at plus these are uh, from DraftKings plus two fifteen but Atani is second at plus twelve hundred so that's interesting to see is you know what if his role changes like um you know I would never doubt Joe Madden Joe Madden's very creative and I could see this becoming a thing for Shohei Atani but man the Angels are the most confusing team to me in baseball because they have two of the best players in the American league right now, the way they're playing. Cause Otani's been, you know, this is finally Otani's living up to the hype. Like he's, he's pitched well and you know, he's been a, a you know, he's helping the lead the majors in home runs, which is ridiculous. And so they have the top two MVP getters and they might not make the playoffs. Yeah. He's been really fun to watch this year. I, I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago, right towards the beginning of the season, but that Sunday night game, where he threw the the hardest or the fastest pitch of the season up to that point and hit the hardest hit home run of the season up to that point in the same inning. That was really impressive and just an all-around great game from him in that game. He's just been really great at the plate this year. Uh, He was the first pitcher since Babe Ruth to start a game while he was also leading the league in home runs. So a historic couple of historic moments from him so far this season. So Shohei Otani has been really delivering for the Angels this season, really coming through, uh, being the player that they hoped he would be when they signed him a few years ago. If they could just get him to be consistent on the mound, make all of his starts, not have to get scratched every time that he's scheduled to make a start, that would be really ideal for the Angels. But yeah, I think that you know I, they have a lot of really good talent on this team, not just Otani and Trout, like you said, the top two candidates for MVP in the American League. But they have Anthony Rendon, who is a very, very good hitter. They have Jared Walsh. They have David Fletcher. I mean, they have a, a lot of talent on this team. Their biggest issue is the pitching. And if they can get pitching under control, if they could get, you know, they might have to make some moves at the deadline if they're still contenders. They might have to, to move some things around and get their pitching all set up to help them compete because that is where they are lacking. They have the lineup. They have such a great offense. They need the pitching and they will be a complete team, and they will compete for American League West titles, for American League championships, and make it to a World Series if they can get the pitching. Yeah, it all, it all comes down to that, and that's kind of why we talked about at the beginning of the year when it came to the Los Angeles Angels. And uh, speaking of pitching in the Los Angeles area, big entry for, uh, you know, luckily 
the Dodgers still have a really good starting rotation, but this is, uh, I think, something to look for as in the future. Uh, Dustin May out for the year as he's going to have Tommy John surgery. And this is, you know, this is the guy the Dodgers are going to look on to be their next ace behind, you know, Walker Buehler, Trevor Bauer, and Clayton Kershaw. He was their fourth starting pitcher, but they're, you know, the reason why it looked like the Dodgers had a decade of success ahead of them, you know, I think in terms of the net here and now, I still like the Dodgers rotation and I still like the Dodgers to, you know, contend for the world series with the best roster, but this is something to look out for in years to come. You know, when you lose a guy like Kershaw and heck Trevor Bauer might be gone next year and you're without Dustin May, who's your young prospect. And, you know, Tommy John's a serious surgery. He's going to be out this season and probably maybe part of next year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a tough blow for the for the Dodgers. They expect to have him back, you know, halfway through next season. But I mean, he he's a really talented young pitcher. He was the fifth rota- or fifth starter in their rotation. Just shows how ridiculous season. that he rotation went one is. Like, let's Dustin May would yeah, be an true. ace it on a couple does. of teams, maybe a number two pitcher for a lot of teams in baseball, and he's their fifth. Well, when you have guys like you know Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer and Walker Bueller. Yeah. How how do you feel about uh, the Dodgers have made some interesting moves? They've had Clayton Kershaw pinch hit twice in like a two week span because they have used all their positional players. Um, that is uh quite interesting. Yeah, you know the Dodgers they they weren't looking so good this past week or so. They've kind of struggled a little bit after the hot start that they got out to. Uh, I think there was one game where they used like nine or ten pitchers. You're like you're the Dodgers. You don't need, you shouldn't have to be playing a game where you're using nine or ten pitchers in a game. You should be able to win a game without using that many. So they, they kind of struggled. That series against the Brewers was a little rough for them. But, I mean, they're such a talented team. They're not going to struggle the rest of the season. They're going to be on top of the league by the end of the season. But early on, you know, everyone's, everyone is overreacting and freaking out. Even though, as I said when I opened up the podcast, that we are starting to see which teams are actually going to be good, which players are actually going to be good. It's still early. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played. Everyone is freaking out when their teams are struggling right now. But the Dodgers had a, a rough week or two. They're going to bounce back. They're going to be the best team in Major League Baseball. Let's let's play a little contender pretender real quick. And basically, give me your opinion on, do you think this team's still going to contend? And it could be for a wild card spot, or it could be for the postseason, or, or the division title. And you, you think they're going to stay around. So I'm going to start with a team that, you know, has lost some of their – lost their World Series winning outfielder the last two years, and it's the Boston Red Sox. Alex Cora has proven to be a really good manager. They're 17-12 and 12 on the year. They look really good. No Chris Sale, obviously, uh, in their in their rotation. Do you expect Boston to continue to contend for the AL East title? You know, Yankees not to the best start. They're at 500 right now, starting to get back to it. Toronto's look solid, and, you know, Tampa's still always there lurking. I don't expect the Red Sox to contend the rest of the season. I think that they don't have all the pieces they need to be able to contend in a a full 162-game season. I think that, you know, it's just a small sample size, and they got off to a hot start, but I don't think they can keep it up. And you have other teams in that division, like Toronto, like the Yankees, like the, the Tampa Bay Rays. You have other teams who are very good, who, I mean, the Rays won the American League last year they were in the World Series you have the Yankees who everyone is picking to win the entire American League this year so I don't think the Red Sox are going to be able to compete for the entire season I think they're 
I think they're pretenders. They just got off to a hot start. What about Kansas City? 16-10 and 10, at one point had the best record in the American League. Now it's held by Boston. You know, this is a team that retooled its lineup in the offseason and has added some good pieces to it. Did I expect them to be in the lead in the Central right now with the one-and-a-half game lead? No, but they look they look like a really good baseball team that's, you know, putting things together and could, you know, still be in it. And Kansas City is a place that will always be consistent. It's kind of similar to how Oakland's built in terms of their, their front office structure. What do you think about, you know, the Kansas City Royals? Do you feel in the same boat? I think – no, I think they're actual contenders. I think they put together a very good team over the offseason. They made some good moves, trading for Andrew Benintendi, signing Michael A. Taylor. Uh, they, they made some other good moves throughout the offseason to bolster up their team. I think they have, you know, they don't have any really flashy players, but they have some very good, very consistent players. Salvador Perez, uh, consistently among the best catchers in the league. I think that they have a very talented team, and they can compete. I think that they're, I think, you know, I didn't expect them to be this good this early. And it's a very good division, that American League Central, because they're playing against the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago White Sox. The Tigers are just kind of off over there doing their own thing. But I think the Kansas City Royals are contenders. I think that they are surprising a lot of people, but I think they're going to be there in contention in September. All right, one more team in the American League, and then I got one more for the National League. Uh, The Seattle Mariners, which had the best record in baseball at one point, which is weird to say, 16-13, and one game out of the West, and Oakland has it at 17-12 and right now. I know we're not talking records, and it's going to be different. We know this, folks, uh, coming Wednesday, but this is always fun. What do you think about the Seattle Mariners? I think they have to be pretenders because they just do not have the roster. Pretenders, definitely. They can't hit. I don't know how they they're winning these games. They can't hit. Already. So let's let's put that in. Houston is 15-13 with a plus 32. It's actually interesting. They're the only team in the West right now with a positive run differential. So uh, I- The other night, I was, I was working a show on MLB Network Radio, and Steve Sachs, who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he was our host, or, or one of our hosts, and before the show, we were all just talking about the games that night, and he was making some off-the-cuff remarks, uh, just talking about Seattle and wondering how they've won all these games when they can't hit the ball. I mean, they're not getting the amount of hits that or the amount of runs that you need to be good all season long. I think they've just gotten lucky early on. And there are some good players on this team. Uh, let me be clear. Like, I, I don't want to – I'm not talking down on the Mariners. There are some good players on this team, but they're not playing as good as they should be. But I agree with you, Matt. Um, one more team. Um to tie it in, you know, you're in the Richmond area, Richmond Flying Squirrels, a team I used to work for. Uh, season's about to start as a, a lot of minor league teams are. And uh, their, you know, parent team, their, their major league team, I think the biggest surprise by far in baseball is the 17-11. Shout out to my old school Jambo troop. That was the troop number when I went to Jambo back in 2010. Back in the old days, the San Francisco Giants. And man, Buster Posey looks really good right now. I mean, they, they look incredible. You know, Evan Longoria is playing like like some of these guys are playing like their old self. Um, and it's it's incredible to see. It's definitely shocking. I definitely thought the Giants were a couple years away uh, from contending. But, man, what do you think of the Giants? They're contenders. I thought that they were – I thought they had a good shot at making the playoffs last year, and they were a very good team uh, last year in 2020. And – they're just in a really tough division, obviously, with the Padres and the Dodgers. But I think this Giants team has a lot of good pieces. You know, they have Mike, Mike Yastrzemski, 
Buster Posey, like you said. Brandon Crawford has always been consistent over there at shortstop. They have a lot of talented players on this Giants team. And I think that they are surprising people. And no one expected them to be in first place because, like I just said, they are in the same division as the Dodgers and the Padres, the two teams that everyone has been really high on, everyone's been hyping up all offseason. But the Giants are a they're a sleeper team, and you know they're in first place. They could keep it going all season long. I think they're contenders. Yeah, they just made a move for Mike Mike Talkman from the Yankees, and I think that's a really good pickup for them. They need outfield help, and Talkman's proven to be a really good solid bat for them. You know, the Yankees had him on his bit on their bench, wasn't really using him, even though he's been really good for them. As a deep, Buster Posey has six home runs this year, man. He's looking. I mean, I already knew he's a for sure for sure Hall of Famer, but. It was uh, it's incredible to see you know Buster play to that le- like his MVP kind of level this year. I know I don't think he'll win it, um, but it's it's cool to see. And then uh, speaking of probably definitely future Hall of Famers, how about good old Joey Votto getting his 300th home run the past weekend? That was pretty incredible to see, man. Joey Votto, one of the most consistent players you know ever in baseball. It just feels like you know you can expect you know. Uh, a great season every year from Votto, and he's uh, he's proven it again. Yeah, you love to see that. I've always liked Joey Votto. I think he's been a, a good player uh, his entire career. You know, really, really, really good plate discipline. Always been either up there or leading the league in on-base percentage. And th- th- those are the kind of guys that I like. You know, the, obviously everything's about home runs and power these days, but I like guys that just get on base. You know, I'm like... I'm like Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Got to get on base. That's how you score runs. That's how you win games. That's how you win championships. And Joey Votto obviously never won a championship uh, playing in Cincinnati. He made the playoffs, I think, just once in his career. But really good player. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I, just, I love watching him, and I love watching him get these accomplishments. 300th home run. You'd love to see that. Speaking of guys who probably will be in the Hall of Fame, uh, Matt, you want to talk about players of the week slash month? You might want to pump the brakes there on the Hall of Fame talk. You know, he's only in his fourth year of his career but Cole? yeah it could happen could happen Garrett, no, Garrett, Cole. Cole. Garrett Cole okay if you're talking about Garrett Cole for the Hall of Fame I think that's a, a little more sure of a bet Ronald Acuna Jr. only in his fourth season you might want to pump the brakes there but he is playing very he's well he's on the Hall of Fame I, track I expected it like you can't yes he's on the Hall of Fame, Fame track that's what I'm saying but, they're both on a Hall of Fame track like if, if there's like a track but in, in four pers- seasons all right in four Ronald seasons Cunha I just Jr. keeps this pace up which I don't see any doubts he could. Would he go to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely, he's a lock. Like, that's what I'm yes. saying by that, Matt. Come on, man. Okay. Support right. your team. Anyway, anyway. No, I love Ronald Acuna Jr., obviously. Um, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I, I, expected him, <laughs> I expected him to win National League Player of the Month. He won Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. He had a phenomenal month of April. He batted 341 with a 443 on base percentage, 705 slugging percentage. Still leads the league in OPS, which is great to see. Eight home runs in April. He had another one to begin the month of May, so he's at nine home runs on the season. 18 RBIs and 25 runs scored in the month of April. Phenomenal month from Ronald Acuna Jr. I've loved watching him. He's been like the one bright spot on this Braves team because there hasn't been a whole lot of other good stuff coming from the Braves so far this season. So watching Ronald Acuna Jr., has been great as a Braves fan this year, and I knew he was going to win National League Player of the Month because he was just leading the league in all these categories like home runs and slugging and on-base plus slugging. So you had to know he was going to win National League Player of the Month. The AL Player of the Month, also a very good month of April. Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins batted 426 
this month. A 466 on base percentage, 897 slugging percentage, eight home runs, 14 RBIs. This is great to see from Byron Buxton because he had a lot of hype when he came up into the league and just just seeing him finally be able to put the bat on the ball and get some hits and hit at a high level, it's really good to see from him because I just we haven't seen this yet. He had so much hype when he came up when he made his debut. But he was always just such a good defensive player and didn't have the offense to go with it. Now he's finally putting the two together. Yeah, that that I agree. You know, uh, I would say obviously Cole won the award, but it was pretty int- intriguing. It was a close race, I think, closer in the American League than the AL. And speaking of, you know, we talked about the AL odds earlier. Well, Cole won pitcher of the year. Byron Buxton won. Oh, that was pitcher it. of the month. Player Byron of the month. Buxton I got won it player of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. He won player of the week. No, I. He won player of the Cole might have won player of the week this week and Degrom. He won. He won pitcher of the month. I, you know, why do they? You know, they need like six. Too many I awards. Know. I mean, man. it's confusing. Too many when awards. They, they announce them both on the same day. Whatever. They announce Garrett player Cole of the is pitching week like and player of the month Garrett on the same Cole, day. And they, they need it. The Yankees need it. At least they need other starting pitching. You know, and it was Corey Kluber starting to look like Corey Kluber in his last two outings, which is good to see. Uh, speaking, you know, we talked about the AL odds for MVP uh, right now. Ronald Acuna Jr., plus 300, according to FanDuel, is the favorite for the NL MVP. Fernando Tatis Jr., who's probably was second, I would say, in the player of the month category, you know, just for a series with the Dodgers, uh, plus 800. So, he, it's good. I want to ask you something. I think the close, go ahead. I want to ask you, of of these players that won the monthly awards for the month of April, you got... Acuna and Buxton winning player of the month for their respective leagues. You got Cole and DeGrom winning pitcher of the month for their respective leagues. Which of those players do you think are going to stay hot, continue all season long, and win the you know the end-of-year awards like MVP and Cy Young? I'll take Cole just because every time Jacob DeGrom goes out, he's going to lose games, and I think that's going to affect him. And I think pitching in the NL, like starting pitching in the NL, is a little deeper than the American League because you have – you know, DeGrom, uh, Kershaw, Scherzer. Congratulations to Max Scherzer having his third kid. Um, such a Scherzer thing, you know, pitch light at, pitch lights out and then go have a kid. Um, <laughs> did I say uh, Bueller? Have I said um, Bauer? I, I think, I think yeah. top-end star pitching is just deeper in the National League, and I think it'll come down to wins. And unfortunately, I even called this. So um, – Andrew Alex, former guest on the show, uh, was like Degrom tonight. I was like, I can't wait for them, him to pitch like seven or pitch like seven great innings and lose two to nothing. And the Mets lost like one to nothing. And I was like, it's it's clockwork, man. Like I don't even get it when it comes to Jacob Degrom, man. Like the dude could pitch a no hitter through eight and lose one nothing because they pitch him in the ninth. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would definitely happen. I just I don't know. I. What I see of these, I'm gonna take these Cole four players. And Acuna. I'm going to take Cole and Acuna. Like, I, I, I'd rather separate it because it's two different words. I said at the beginning of the year, Garrett Cole's going to win the AL Cy Young, and I said Ronald Cunha. Did I say Ronald Cunha Jr. is going to win the NL MVP? I know you did. But I'll take those two. I think – I definitely did. I, I, I'll take those two. I, I'm going to go with DeGrom, Cole, and Acuna. I'm going with all three of those. Buxton, I don't see him keeping up this pace because, like I said, he's never been this great of a hitter. I think he got off to a great start. It's good to see. I think he will continue to hit well, but I don't think he's going to hit this well all season long. I think someone else will step up and overtake him, like Mike Trout. 
For the pitchers, Garrett Cole has been dominant. Don't see that changing at all. Jacob deGrom has been so lights out for the Mets. It's not even funny. I mean, he I don't know if this stat is still true at this point, but at one point he had batted in more runs than he had given up as a pitcher cuz he's not he's not a bad hitter either. When he comes up to the plate, he can drive in some runs. He had batted in more runs than he'd given up as a pitcher this season. It's just I mean, he's so dominant on the mound and it's just really 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 sad that the Mets cannot get him any run support. But I'll tell you, you said you don't think he'll win the Cy Young because of the wins, and he won't get the amount of wins. He hasn't ever gotten the wins because the Mets have never given him run support, and he still won two Cy Young awards. So I don't think the voters really care about the wins anymore because they know that a pitcher can only control so much. They can't control the offense that their team gives them. So I don't think they're going to punish Jacob deGrom for the fact that the Mets can't give him any run support. I think he'll end up winning his third Cy Young award because he's just such a dominant pitcher, and I don't see that changing the rest of the season. And then Acuna, he's going to keep up this pace. He's going to hit 50 home runs this year, and he's going to win MVP. That's all I got. You know, it's just going to happen. And the Braves are going to miss the playoffs. Dude, all right, so I know I asked you this earlier, uh, right at the beginning of the show, but a little more in-depth now. How are you feeling about your team at this point in the season? How do you feel about the way the Yankees are playing a if month into the season? you asked me before season? this past weekend, I know it's the Tigers, I would have been like, uh, not, not as good. But it looked like everything started to come together for the Yankees this past weekend in terms of the bats and things. It helps playing the Orioles and the Tigers in back-to-back series. They actually, uh, I think they lost the series to the Orioles, if I'm mistaken. But whatever. The Yankees got an important sweep. I think they needed to beat the Tigers the way they did in basically dominant fashion. Um. We'll see. I, I'm I'm still confident in them. You know, it's it's not like it's still relatively early in the year. Um, they're a 500 team right now, and they're one and a half games out of the division. And this is a team that just needs to get into the postseason. And so they're they'll be fine. I think um, Judge is is seems to be back to Aaron Judge. Like he's pitch he's hitting really well of late. Um, I mean, he was phenomenal. You know. The other night, hitting two home runs, including a grand slam, like it, it felt good. And uh, I feel I probably feel better about the Yankees than you do about the Braves. Yeah, I'm glad you feel good because I do not feel good about the Braves at all at this point. They they were looking like they started to come together in this series against the Cubs last week. It was a four game series. They went three and one against the Cubs. They played really well. They looked like they were starting to come together, and then they got swept by the Blue Jays. They got blown out in Game 1 against Toronto. They got walked off in Game 2. And they lost 7-2 to in Game 3, which isn't exactly a blowout, but it's not great. They have the highest overall team ERA in Major League Baseball at 5.06. The 7th highest bullpen ERA and the 3rd highest starting pitching ERA at 5.3. I mean, that's not good. You can't have your starting pitchers have that high of an ERA. You're not going to win games when you're giving up that many runs. In past years, it's been the bullpen that has been the culprit for the Braves. And like I said, the bullpen's not great this year. They have a pretty high ERA. But the starting pitching has not been there. Mike Soroka's not even going to be back until June, I think. You know, I thought he was going to be back in, in you know May, but now it looks like he won't even be back until mid-June. So we got to go another month and a half without him. Other pitchers have been struggling. Drew Smiley hasn't been great since we signed him this offseason. So the starting pitching has really been lacking for the Braves. The bats have been there sometimes, but they've been kind of hit or miss other than Ronald Acuna Jr. Freddie Freeman, he's got, I think, seven home runs in the season, but he's only batting 216. I mean, it's just not great all around, and it's disappointing. 
I'm not feeling good. I'm starting, like, this is the point where I'm starting to get worried and think that maybe they're not actually going to compete this year. Maybe they will miss the playoffs, and that would be really sad for me. Matt, they are not, they're going to probably win their division. Their division's a crapshoot, and they're very, they're still in contention, <laughs> man. Like, chill. Like, who scared you in that division? The Phillies that are even worse in the pitching, I would argue. The Mets, like, who the, like, I mean the Phillies and the Mets. I don't think the Nats, I don't like, think the Nats. The Mar the Marlins. No, not the Marlins. They they're awful. Okay, I will just say we are not even thirty. Ga- well, probably by the time this we're, we're thirty games into the season, thirty. Let's let's just chill. Like give them like this could change in one week. That's how close the division is. Uh, we put this out on Twitter earlier. We said a month into the 2021 MLB season, how are you feeling about your team? Earl Smith, who I've worked with on some wrestling coverage through the years, Earl Smith, he's the editor of Intermat Wrestling. He says, I'll be conservative. He's a Nats fan, by the way. He says, I'll be conservative. National League champs. So <laughs> he's feeling pretty good I about the Nationals. I bet you him and Billy Parvatan uh, feel the same way. But Billy, <laughs> probably saying World Series. So shout out to Billy. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but it it really is. The National League East really is uh, anyone's division. I mean, the, the Mets and Phillies, who, by the way, uh, Sunday Night Baseball this week, glad to see the Phillies on the wrong end of a replay review that cost them the game. Um, Matt, do I need the Mets to get the, the Phillies salt out for you? Are... <laughs> Alec Boehm still hasn't touched home plate, by the way. Um, yeah, interesting game by the Mets and Phillies last night. I think they're the teams that scare me the most in the National League East. The Marlins and Nationals don't really worry me, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. All right, a little bit of college baseball coverage. We haven't touched on that yet. The Virginia Tech Hokies, who got off to a very good start in the 2021 season, were looking very good. Not so great the past couple of weeks. They're still 23-17 overall, 16-14 in the ACC. But last weekend, they got swept by NC State. And then this past weekend, in Blacksburg, they went 1-2 and two against UVA. They won the game on Saturday night, but then lost again on Sunday. So they went 1-2 and two against in-state rival Virginia this past weekend. They have two more ACC series left against Duke and Notre Dame. Coming up this week, they host Georgetown on Wednesday, and they have a three-game series against Toledo in Blacksburg this weekend. The most recent projected field of 64 for the postseason by Baseball America has Virginia Tech as a number two seed, in the Knoxville Super Regional. They were previously projected to host a Super Regional in Blacksburg, which would be very exciting if they were able to do that. They're still going to make the postseason. They're just not going to host a Super Regional as of right now. That could change. They have, like I said, they have three more weekend series coming up, two more in the ACC. They are a very good team. Uh, we, we tried to get Corey Van Dyke on the podcast this week. He was uh, busy tonight, so couldn't make it, but I did text with him a little bit. He says he sees Virginia Tech still on track to make the postseason, still projected at a two seed. I think it's possible they could work their way back up to hosting a Super Regional, and it'd be very, very exciting, good for the program if they were able to. But they need to get back but on track in these next couple of the series. That if they, let's say they, I think they have a really good chance. Uh, Notre Dame's a pretty solid team. Duke is not as much. I, actually, Duke might be leading the Atlantic. I might have to. Um, but these are two good, let's just say solid teams. As most of the ACC teams are, like the ACC is really good in baseball. And it's no SEC, which is, you know, the 
it's it's very much like football where the SEC is dominant. But if they can get series wins, I think that's the goal is to, you know, win this game against Georgetown, get a series, and then win your series out. They're going to have a chance to host a Super Regional if they do well in the ACC tournament, which they are pretty good. You know, top 12 teams make it, and it's around Robin style. And I think they have a really good chance of making it to the AC, the ACC, or they will make the ACC tournament and make the postseason. And for this program, I think that's a great step. Being a two seed in a Super Regional is really like, I would even say, taking a step ahead of where they should be in terms of the build of this program. You know, if you talk to Coach Chef before the year and you tell him, hey, Coach, you're going to be ranked for half the season. You're going to be, you know, you're going to show, you know, great starting pitching, which injuries have hurt that. And you're going to be one of the best power hitting teams in college baseball. And you're going to be a two seed in a super regional. I think he would take that. I think he would take that. That's a really good building point for the Virginia Tech baseball team. And I know, you know, hosting a Super Regional would be great, and they have a really good shot of doing it. But to tell me, like, coming in, this this is where they're at, I think this is a logical next step in what Coach Chef is trying to build in Blacksburg. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just saying it would be really cool if they were able to be a host. But no matter what, if they make – the postseason if they're in that field of 64 it's going to be great for virginia tech to make that step take that leap uh, forward as a program and you know see that next level of level of success that coach chef has been trying to reach ever since he got to blacksburg it's gonna be great for them if they're able to make the postseason this year uh two more quick injury notes around major league baseball bryce harper has a sore left wrist he has been sidelined and could be sent to the injured list. He, he he got hit by a pitch in the face the other night, and then it deflected off of his arm. And then on Sunday night, he re-aggravated that wrist after landing when he tried to uh, hold up while rounding third base in the sixth inning, re-aggravated that wrist. And then Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox is going to miss three to four months with a torn hip flexor, a big blow to the White Sox after outfielder Eloy Jimenez has been sidelined for five to six months to begin the season with a torn pectoral muscle. So, Two starting outfielders, two really good star players for the White Sox, now going to miss multiple months. Big blow to the White Sox. Not good. Not something that you want to yeah, see Yeah, and in that's going to help. You know, we talked about the Royals being contenders. You know, the White Sox haven't performed to expectation, and those injuries are going to hurt them. Um, a couple more news. Just just coming in to the, our new center. Uh, ESPN, so tonight, uh, on Monday night, they're doing a Marvel-themed NBA broadcast. Um like as an additional feed to it that's airing on ESPN two with the regular games for the Pelicans and Warriors. My only complaint is they didn't make Zion Thanos, which he, cause he literally looks like Thanos cause that dude's a freak of a human being. If you know basketball, if you don't just search Zion Williamson and you'll basically know what I'm talking about, but ESPN announced, obviously, you know, Disney owns Marvel. They also own star Wars and they have a, a Tuesday game on May the 4th, which is star Wars day. May the 4th be with you, which is, tomorrow uh, as we record this. So this game will already happen as we do this, but it's something interesting to see doing a star Wars theme broadcast for the game between the Astros and the Yankees. It's airing Tuesday night as we release this on Wednesday night. So that's interesting. And so hopefully it goes well. I might be watching that game. Um, I hope Darth Vader like can magically pull the trash can up. I'll see how that goes. 
Did I say that? Oops. I yeah, that's pretty it. cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I haven't watched any of the uh, Pelicans game tonight, so I don't really know what the Marvel theme broadcast looks like. But the uh, Star Wars theme broadcast sounds pretty interesting, also, and it's really fitting for May the Fourth. Uh, that's cool. You know, I like to see when teams or when leagues. Uh, networks do stuff like this, like the NFL with the Nickelodeon broadcast last year and the slime in the end zones and all that stuff. It's good marketing. Good to get the kids involved too. All right, that is all the baseball news that we have for you on this week's episode of Foul Ball Area. Trey, I don't know if you're excited about this. I'm very excited. Minor League Baseball begins Tuesday, May 4th. I'm going to the Flying Squirrels opening night. Mariah and I are going. We'll go out there, have a hot dog and a Richmond rally cap from Center of the Universe Brewing catch a flying squirrels game opening night of the 2021 minor league season i'm very excited i don't know about you if you're going to get out to a lynchburg hillcats game at all this season but fun times in the minor i hope league world. so i uh if i can maybe i take my girlfriend courtney out uh to a flying squirrels game because she lives in the richmond area or we uh, if she comes visit me go to hillcats game we'll see what happens uh maybe all four of us could catch a game you know uh, that could be fun as well Maybe we get Courtney on the podcast sometime. I know you don't want to let her do an interview with ESPN Blacksburg, but maybe you're a little more trusting with us. I trust you ten times more than Paul Van Wagner. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) Uh, But also, you know, it's our birthday month, Matt. May, May, both of our birthdays are in the month of May, so this should be a fun month for us. Uh, It's going to be May. I had to do the joke. But uh, we both turned 24 this month, so maybe we do something like best number 24s in baseball ever so uh maybe that that could come could in down do the line in the podcast look at that creativity coming out of creativity i like it it's gonna be a good month it's gonna be a great month here at foul ball area that is and uh probably gonna do you know two podcasts a week eventually once uh our schedules settle down you know when i work during the day and matt works at night it gets hard sometimes to record folks so uh don't blame us we're doing our best to produce good content. That's all we've got for today's episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you'll tune in next time as we break down the ongoing 2021 Major League Baseball season. We'll get into some minor league baseball and continue to cover the NCAA season as hopefully Virginia Tech makes it into the postseason. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Foul Ball Area if you want to talk. follow us specifically at Mackins21, at Trey Lyle. Make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Everyone have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you.